0: This is the GPL Podcast, part of the Pull Tab Sports family.
1: Uh, this is a 10.8% beer. Danker, beer. Oh. Lots oh, of yeah. loaf of bread. <laughs> yes, it is. This is it. Oh, boy. you making mistakes. I love it. And so... I had to train for this marathon. <laughs> Make sure you stay awake for the game tomorrow, too.
0: <laughs> Actually, unmute the mic because I have a muted.
1: live stuff. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exhibition yeah. It's not exhibition. Yeah. real. Live from the Ralph, here we are, folks.
0: Now, here's Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 246. Vigs, you're home alone tonight with the kids. Got to do an early show because you got to get them to bed, don't you?
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're still handling through it. You know, our, we're having our ups and downs. We just had a good air mission chat here with them. You know, get them motivated for the third period. We're, we're getting to the finish line here. 20 <laughs> more miles, boys and girls.
0: All right. Well, it's Badger Week, and when it's Badger Week, it's Todd Moleski Week, Vigs, and he's actually back after a little hiatus. So I'm pretty excited.
1: I'm excited too. Let's Encyclopedia of College Hockey, according to
0: Brad Schlossman, he is like I was telling us in the pre-show. So let's bring him in, Todd Moleski, Todd, you're back.
2: I am back, <laughs> and I am so excited to be on the show. Because it means I'm back doing college hockey. So <laughs> after my winter of covering basketball last season, um, here I am. And oh, it feels
0: good. Oh, we are so sorry you had to cover basketball.
2: I learned a lot. In a yeah, you know, basketball. That's not such a thing. That and the thing is, you're a little closer too. Basketball travel stinks. Oh, really? Like, Covering a basketball team is hard because like there are weeks that they're playing Wednesday in Maryland, Saturday in Nebraska. And ugh, like I got home on Thursday, unpacked my bag, repacked my bag and got ready to go Friday because that was ugh, no, don't, don't need to do that anymore. Thank you. No.
0: Well, you know, like Viggs said, you're the encyclopedia, according to Mr. Schlossman, right,
1: Viggs? That's right. And, you know, if there's any questions about records between two historic teams, like Minnesota-Wisconsin, I found out there's actually a little bit of a controversy over how many games Minnesota and North Dakota have played because the Minnesota counts the ones where North Dakota was a club team. North Dakota does not because they lost them all. And so there are going to be little controversies in college hockey like that.
0: We're just glad to have Todd around to be able to help us with this stuff. Because I'm glad I, had I have a on purpose in life. We had you on in the fall, didn't we? I think so. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. I was still. It's been like a year. Hockey related when the, the first series happened
0: last yeah. year. Well, well, my, minus the Frozen Four, because you were covering. Oh, that's right. Four, a different institution at the Frozen Four when you, you joined us live in Tampa, which was. Obviously not a great ending for Minnesota, but as a whole week, great week. Um, let's get right into it, guys. Vigs split up in Grand Forks. You and I were up there, and we had a great time. But I mean, just not even th- talking about hockey. We had a great time, great people, great
1: food. It was a pretty good weekend for us and for the boys. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect. It was my first trip up to the Forks. And I've heard lots of stories about things and the fans welcomed us in pretty nicely. Uh, There's some fun little jabs from people around the arena and things like that, but overall great experience. That rink is definitely a bucket list rink for a college hockey fan. You know, the entire town gets up for a weekend like Minnesota, North Dakota, and just the energy everywhere you go just gets you up for the game. And I can only imagine what it's like for the players. And, you know, you spend that whole Friday getting to game time and the Gophers delivered. I thought they played a really solid game. Their forecheck was super aggressive. I thought North Dakota's defensemen were a little surprised at the speed and pressure they were under. And Minnesota just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away and come away with the big 4 nothing win.
0: Big win Friday. Saturday we expected much more from North Dakota. And that's exactly what we got, Viggs. More from North Dakota. And as typically what's been happening recently in the series, it was a split.
1: Yeah, North Dakota, of course, college hockey, if you lose on the Friday night, you come out Saturday a little more motivated. And Minnesota was kind of their own worst enemy on Saturday. You know, they took or were called, as Bob is saying this week, <laughs> they, they were called for four trips and two boarding penalties, which put them shorthanded a lot against North Dakota. And while North Dakota had a great power play last year, it wasn't necessarily clicking against Minnesota. They went 0 for 10 on the power play over the weekend. I wasn't super impressed with how they looked. They looked pretty stationary on Friday. On Saturday, they they tried to get more pucks to the net. Uh, Cameron Berg was planted out front of Justin Close trying to redirect tips and things like that. And the goals that North Dakota ended up getting on Saturday was you know a redirection and a, a shot into the feet. And I thought that's what North Dakota needed to do to solve Justin Close. He was pretty calm all weekend. So there's that pressure. But I think the weekend caught up to Minnesota in the third period. You know, the defensemen logged tons of minutes, especially the top four, top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Max Rudd getting dinged up in the first period of Saturday's game, that stressed them even more. And we're taking all those penalties. You end up spending a lot of time in your own zone. And it was a, It was a tough uh, performance for Minnesota, but hey, if you can get a split on the road at North Dakota, that's probably okay. Todd, what happened with the Badgers last
2: weekend? So, Viggs, when you were talking about how you, when you win on the road the first night of a series, you expect a pretty good pushback that second night. Uh, I frankly expected more of a pushback from Michigan Tech the second night and uh, this is just me watching on on video I wasn't up in Houghton but um there was some tech scored first had a lead but um this is like one of those I, I expected more out of tech um and, and maybe I'm not giving Wisconsin enough credit for forcing them into uh, uh, playing the way that they Wisconsin wanted them to play uh but that to me i was i was a little surprised that wisconsin was able to get out of there with a sweep now i think tech is going to be a lot better eventually they are not right now but um i i i, I thought that was a uh, an important step for wisconsin to go on the road um you know they, they'd beaten bemidji in overtime in the icebreaker lost at north dakota in a game they, they You know, they played fairly well, hit four posts and lost two nothing. So it's not a lot of shame in in, in that one. Um, But the first weekend they played Augustana, not a lot to get out of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. They shut out Augustana twice. Um, And and so we're trying to get a read on what this Wisconsin team is going to be. And I thought last weekend did show a little bit that they're able to dictate a lot of good uh, good stretches of the game. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. that... um, we only saw sporadically in the last few seasons where they were able to go into another team's building and say, this is the way we're playing. And, you know, like it or not, you're doing it. Um, and so I thought that was a an important step for them uh, early this season.
0: Well, how was it for you getting back on the beat after kind of taking the last three months off or so or four months off? How was it for you?
2: Well, it's still not like, I hesitate to call myself on the beat because (laughs) like my job now is doing a lot more than just hockey. And so I'm not like ever like specifically doing hockey. Um, Mm -hmm. I've like today I did two football stories. So, um, got, everyone's got to chip in on that. And my, my job is doing enterprise stories, but I will say this, being able to cover hockey when they're at home and like this week going to Minnesota
0: I am uh I'm pretty happy with that. So select games, you'll get to come on the road. So you are coming here this This weekend. That's
2: this is probably it, honestly.
0: Uh given um Well, you picked a good one to come to.
2: Well, and it helps that the women's team is also on the road. They're at St. Thomas this weekend. But oh I, I, I wish I could, you know, kind of do a double there, but um it's not lining up very well uh but if they were home there would be some pressure to say hey just cover the games that are here at home don't need to go on the road cover what we have here um but i was able to make a pitch that i can get a an enterprise story out of this in addition to covering the games.
1: so off we go todd how is the implementation of the hastings systems working so far for wisconsin you know when i look at minnesota they had a lot of turnover with their blue line and so I was worried about special teams like penalty kill and power play. And at least against North Dakota, the penalty kill looked really strong for Minnesota. And I was just kind of wondering what, what things are looking like for Wisconsin there. I've got audio issues right now. Hold on.
2: I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to figure that out. Something's something's not right here. So I apologize.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, right. just talking about that, Jupe, you, you know, Steve Miller killer, does a lot yeah. of the penalty kill work for Minnesota and i think they're starting to find some things that work really well for them putting jackson nelson out there for the opening face off of a penalty kill it seemed like on friday he at least dominated the dot in every key situation he needed to win a draw and then bob brought up something interesting today that north dakota had 20 power play zone entries minnesota broke up 15 of them and so i think when your penalty kill can do things like that it's going to make them really effective
0: can you hear us now todd i'm back now sorry about that (laughs) bluetooth for the loss why don't you go ahead viggs and kind of repeat what you talked about you know you're talking about kind of just things coming together for for wisconsin
1: yeah just you know special teams with coaching staffs is sometimes where they can put their biggest fingerprint on their teams And minnesota had a lot of turnover on their blue line so i was talking about how their penalty kill is has really shined early in the season what are things looking like for wisconsin well, they've struggled on the power play
2: they did score a couple um last week in 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 a pretty big spot uh against tech uh but the f- the first two weeks were and, and my casings was pretty open about this were a struggle um zone entries weren't good uh passes weren't connecting it, it just seemed like there was a few different pages out there uh that players were on um and, and it's i think it's a you kind of expect some of that. I mean, this is all new. I mean, there, there are uh, 14 players that are returning, but there are 12 who are new and it's, a, it's a new coaching. Uh, the guys from Minnesota state obviously know what to expect, but everyone else is a little uh, is learning on the job, so to speak. Um, and uh, so the power play has been a, I think work in progress is the, the, the best way to describe that. But honestly, they, one of the things that stood out to me right away is the uh, aggressiveness that they've been playing with Um, finishing checks, you know, doing things that, you know, didn't see a whole lot of that being emphasized in the last few seasons as they're, you know, trying to play more of a skill game. Uh, Now, now they're, they're trying to be a little heavier and, uh, and they have some bodies to do it. Uh, That's obviously a big part of it, but um, that, that part of the game, I think is going to develop here. And, and, you know maybe not this year. maybe it, it'll be with some recruiting classes and some other transfers. but um I'm interested to see how that goes and how this team comes
0: becomes a heavier team uh, you know down the road. Viggs, you know, you talked about, you know, obviously Minnesota's penalty kill has been doing well. They haven't given up a power play goal yet, knock on wood. Um, we could tell that uh, Bob didn't really want to talk about that Saturday night after they, had to kill so many power plays and they got really tired. But it still is a nice success to have early in the season.
1: Well, and Justin Close is playing outstanding through the mm-hmm. first couple games here. You know, he had that streak of, you know, 130 minutes nearly of shutout hockey, which is pretty impressive this early in the season. And he looks calm and he's not giving up rebounds. And it allows Minnesota to really jump on any kind of 50 50 pucks that are juggled by the power play and clear the zone you know if you can clear the zone twice on a penalty kill you're pretty much going to kill off that opportunity Mm -hmm. and minnesota's really been sharp in those aspects and i like ret Pillick as the second group of penalty killers he comes out there with his speed and he's dangerous you know i think there's a chance for him to get some shorthanded goals this year he's already gotten a couple breakaways on the penalty kill and i think Bob is also trying to figure out if he can put Oliver Moore on the penalty kill, because if you had Warren Pitlick killing penalties, that's a lot of speed. Yes. And Moscow is looking at the bench during the game against North Dakota and seeing Jimmy Snuggard and Oliver Moore sitting a lot too much. And so mm-hmm. he's got to figure out ways to get those guys involved in the game more.
0: And, and Pitlick, yes, he hasn't scored yet, but yes, on the penalty kill. And even on his four he has been
1: causing havoc out there yeah very much so i think with minnesota probably getting mason nevers back this weekend you know that probably helps the forward lines a little bit for minnesota and maybe pillock can have a little more success because it's it's been a little just like flash flash but not as consistent
0: all right viggs we need to talk about one of our sponsors here unreal has to see they jumped on board this year with us
1: tell us about unreal and yeah, go for puck lives all about minnesota and so is unreal this company was started in 2013 by minnesota entrepreneur michael e jordan who had 300 in his bank account and is growing a brand looking to leave a legacy here unreal is an independent local clothing company crafted around the athlete they release fresh looks the hottest drops and donate 10 percent of all profits to organizations and worthy causes in the community is it unreal.co, that's a co not com. And use promo code pull tab15 for 15% off your order. When we were up in Grand Forks, we saw some pretty cool Unreal gear out there being worn by the Fighting Hawks fans. So I was we impressed did. we did see some cool
0: stuff when we'll get some gopher stuff like that. But also, it's not just Unreal. Duke can and I noticed we were both using hair products this weekend.
1: Well, you got to have, you know, your hair be a weapon for you. And uh, as part of the pull tab sports family, we feel like we have to have elite hockey hair, right? And one weapon in your hair care arsenal should be Duke Cannon's men's grooming products. They're also a Minnesota company that makes hardworking products for hardworking men, whether it's serious flow, styling putty, adding some structure to your game, or news anchor thick hair to increase some volume. Visit DukeCannon.com, Target, or even your local hardware store for products to make your hair a weapon.
0: And Viggs, I, I got to say, and let me press the right button here. At the hotel room this weekend, Viggs just show me the proper way to
1: use a Guduke Canon product. Yeah, with the putty. You just need like a little pea size. Yeah, Get that yeah. rubbed in with your Mr. Miyagi hands and then put it in place. So it's essential.
0: Back to hockey here. Um, obviously, we know that Mike Hastings was – Pretty busy over the summer, Todd. A lot of his, let's just say there's an exodus from Mankato over, across, and down to Madison this summer, wasn't there?
2: There was. um, Somehow let one get away to North Dakota. I don't know how he he let that happen. But, um, yeah, uh, three of his players uh, from Mankato came to Wisconsin and uh, I mean, look at the lineup. He, he's got David Cilia as his first line center. He's got Christian Fitzgerald as his second line center. He's got Simon Tassi somewhere usually on one of those two lines. Um, he's got some trust in those guys. I think it's pretty obvious, and he, he knows what he can do with them, and he knows how he can use them. So they went right in and, and filled some pretty big holes, especially down the middle, uh, really big holes uh, for Wisconsin. That hasn't been a great depth position for them for a few years. And they're, they're, honestly, they're having some injury struggles with that right now with Stramel and, and Lindmark out last week. Um, but having those two guys up top uh coming from Mankato uh, has been a really big thing. And their, their fourth uh, transfer that they got was uh, Tyson Dick, who was from UMass, but uh Mankato was one of his, his last few options along with UMass. Uh, and it sounded like he was being recruited pretty hard by Hastings. And um, when he, transferred, he, uh, decided to go to, uh, meet Hastings again, this time in Wisconsin. So, uh, they've also had a, uh, couple of recruits that have changed direction from, um, being aligned with Mankato to now being aligned with UW. So, um, yeah, there's, this is that, that new world where it's, um, you know, if you're, if you're aligned with a, with a coach, it's now easier to follow that coach around. And, you know, you can say, you know, there's good and bad and everything obviously, but, um, I think that's something that, you know, coaches are finding a way to, to use to their benefit, to be the, uh, you know, the kind of team that they want to be right away because, you know, a couple a couple of years ago, that was a lot harder to do, um, to, to have the kind of team, um, that you you feel like you want to have and the players you, you want to have, you know, it would, it would have taken a few rec- recruiting cycles. Um, and now it's it's uh, you know the, the NCAA rules changes have have made that difference. So um, it's an interesting time to uh, start a start as a coach or to start as a uh, start a new program really to, uh, to be able to have have a pick of some
1: some players that have NCAA experience like that. Yeah, I was talking to Bob today about how quickly Hastings is going to put his fingerprints on UW hockey, and he said, "Well, he got to bring a bunch of players with him that he really trusts, and when you can do that." a turnaround can be faster because you've got some translators in the locker room who can you know tell everybody else what the coach is looking for in certain things and you know we heard luke Millstadt this year say you know don't listen to how he's saying it focus on what he says when he's trying to help the younger guys deal with the coaching and when you've got guys who can help everybody else out with that communication piece it's going to make your team more cohesive faster
0: all right, I see Tim Hapke has got a question here. Has Todd heard how the Wisconsin players are doing with NIL? What are you hearing about NIL over there?
2: Tim? Nothing huge from what I've been able to hear. Um, and it's not – this is the kind of thing, the way I see it is, when it's a big one, they kind of tend to – you know it, right? It's out there. They're, mm-hmm. they're putting themselves out there. They're being paid to do something, and you're going to see it. So we haven't seen a lot of them, which to me says that yeah, there's, if it's anything, it's on the smaller side right now. Um, I think like everyone, like everyone that has a uh, a collective at their school, there are some opportunities there mm-hmm. to be uh, paid for some appearances. Um, and, and a lot of things are kind of going in that direction, but I haven't heard of any, um, you know, sponsorship kind of deals uh, on the men's side, on the women's side. Yes. Uh, Carolyn Harvey has a, uh deal with Bauer, which is an interesting one because Wisconsin is a CCM school and the, you know, the NIL rules are that you can't, um, represent a, a competing entity. And so she has to, I think, put tape over the Bauer on her skates if, if she's wearing Bauer skates, um, uh, and otherwise uh, can't really endorse anything while she's playing
0: for Wisconsin on the Bauer side, that has to be a national team thing. Uh, isn't that interesting though because we've heard over the years you know with you know minnesota's a ccm team when it comes to sticks or whatever it may be and a player wants to use his own he can and it kind of messes up it can actually mess up money for the u because it's a lot cheaper if every
1: player uses the same stuff so there's some little differences at the university of minnesota yeah you know there's been a couple players who've gone away from like the nike bauer stuff i went ccm earlier and it was a bigger issue back then and now i think bob is more of a ccm guy and a lot of the players like ccm more because the stick turnaround is faster the customization stuff is easier for them to do and so the customer service is better with ccm than it was for nike bauer but the u has been pretty open to to guys doing whatever they want you know guys wear ccm's they wear bowers they wear true hockey skates so i haven't seen any issues it's probably just the endorsement issue with the team i i do you remember logan cooley and matthew nyes were ccm athletes last year you know they were sponsored by ccm so something minnesota players have done as well
0: todd how has the players that were that remained at wisconsin how have they adjusted to mike hastings new systems and just the whole new a whole new deal after being having a completely different coach yeah. I mean, good question. I,
2: I think it's, uh, like with anything there, there are different levels there. I think there are some people that, you know, yeah, bring it on. I'm bought in. I'll, I'll do what mm-hmm. you want. And there are some people that might have to be kind of brought along a little bit more, of or, you know, things have to be reinforced a few times. I mean, and I'll be honest, the two guys I was, I was looking at were Charlie Strabel and Cruz Lucius. Um, you know, they they want to play a, a pretty free flowing kind of game. I mean, maybe Lucius especially. I think uh, maybe a little less stramel. He can he guys can bang bodies and play play a mm-hmm. a more physical style too. Um, so I was interested to see how they how they would uh, you know kind of come along this season. And and part of the thing that I haven't been able to really um, assess things on is that I've only seen them in person two games practices are closed here now so we don't get to see anything we saw him one day on media really? day, uh like 70 minutes um and, and so this is my case things are, he and i talked we had a conversation about this because i i said look i, I just want to know what's what's the reason behind that you know because for forever we've just been able to you know walk into practice and, and watch things and talk to players after and um he said you know he, he just doesn't he wants that time to be theirs and doesn't want players to be worried about who they're, you know, being yep. watched by. He did, you know, say that, you know, he understands that's not the way it is where these guys want to go and, you know, in the pros, but you know, at this level right now, this is how he operates. And so uh, I respect that. I, I can't say I like it because it, it you know, changes my opportunities to to kind of get the, to learn a little bit more about players, but um, so that's, that's why it's been, you know, hard to really get a, a, read on some of that, but I think Lucius, when I've seen him he's playing well, uh, he's got, he got, a couple of goes against Bemidji. He had a couple, uh, points last weekend. Um, Strabel, like I mentioned, as a, is, is injured. I don't know what his final status is going to be for, for this weekend, but, um, you know, he's, he's got a, a lot riding on things here. Yeah. He got, the first round draft pick, but that's not a guarantee of anything. I mean, the, he's mm-hmm. got to continue to show that he can, he can be a good player at this level to make the wild, you know, kind of understand that. Okay. Maybe after this year, you're ready to come out and, and play in Iowa for a while and then maybe bump up. Um, I, I, I think he's got a lot to show and, you know, if he's going to do it, he's got to uh, he's got to buy into what's being asked of him here. And, you know, it was, I, you know, I try not to read too much into what, how the lines are are ordered but when it came out the first line chart he's the third line center that was a little bit of an eye-opener um because that's a guy you know your your first round picks don't tend to be third line guys in college a lot um you know, they do on some of the, the teams that have a lot more draft picks i know but true um yeah wisconsin it's a little more unusual um so uh I, i'm i'm i will be interested to see how that plays out through the year um whether he gets more, more time on that. He, you know, he was seen power play time. So that was uh, something they, they still wanted to use him on. Um, But that's a, I mean, I think those two guys specifically um, have from all I can tell
0: have done pretty well with it. sorry. Just my phone just blew up on me. I hate it when it does that. Viggs. We need to talk about another one of our sponsors first here before we go any further and next up is ferda i know you're you're very you really like those guys
1: yeah i like ferda because they're a local group that really supports local products you know when you're out fundraising for your association or or for whatever you have going on when you can pick joe mama salsa von hansen's pretzel snacks and Croy valley barbecue rubs and sauces you know you're getting stuff that's high quality you're not overpaying for stuff and and getting stuff you don't want so visit FURTAfundraisers.com to ignite your fundraising. FURTA boys, FURTA girls, FURTA community, FURTA fundraisers.
0: Definitely FURTA fundraisers. Fun stuff Viggs, love having them on board. And of course we've also got one more that we're not forgetting here. Of course it's our favorite chill boys.
2: Hi, I'm Kevin. I've been part of the ball crew at numerous tennis events for years. They say I'm an excellent ball handler. It's my job to get loose balls where they're supposed to be to make the players comfortable so they can focus on the task at hand, winning. Which is why I recommend Chill Boys, life-changing bamboo boxers and boxer briefs. Chill Boys, comfort where it counts
0: definitely comfort where it counts viggs and of course we've got to talk about with them they've got a promo code with pull tabs force just use pull tab 15 for 15 percent off their order i know i wore my chill boys all weekend up in uh grand
1: forks it's a nice cooling sensation it when is. you're traveling you're on the road you got these hot hotels it's nice to stay cool where it counts it is nice to stay cool where it counts
0: i like how you i like how you word that v's <laughs> All right, let's bring Todd back in. Okay. Badger's coming to town, Vegs. It's Badger Weekend, of course. You know, I got to put up, you know, we've got the fun videos. People love to put up. You got you putting on a video. Um, I always get the popcorn box. Oh, wait. Skunk plus popcorn box equals Bucky Badger. I always love doing that one. What are some of your favorite things that happen during Badger
1: Week, Vigs? Well, I mean, other than Todd coming on our show, you know, I, I really Good like the fans. I like that the fans come out for this one. If you look at some of the highest attended games, it's Wisconsin, Minnesota. You know, a lot of people have have maybe not seen the best of the rivalry the last decade. Well, Wisconsin's got a new coach, and so I think that rivalry is going to heat it back up again. But I I just love all the, the sayings that Wally has. You know, take that, you stick in Badgers. You know, that's that's a fun one. You know, he he gets into it as well in the broadcast. So can't wait for another one this weekend. Oh, it's going to be fun. Todd, besides the podcast. Of course.
0: What are some of your favorite things about this series? I think
2: it's kind of how it draws everyone up another level. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think you guys probably saw that last week too with North Dakota, right? Everyone was a little more interested in that. The players were a little more engaged in some of that. Um, I, I, as much as people want to downplay it and say, well, you know, it's, it's another game. No, it's, it's not another game. It's, it's Wisconsin and Minnesota. And that's, um, I, go, touching on what some of what Vig said, it, it, it means more when they're both good and it means it's a little bit more, uh, uh, there's just more to it. I think back to that, uh, the COVID year big 10 championship game, which is, you know, a shame that, you know, no one could be at that and that it was neutral ice and all those kind of things. But, um, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota should be playing for championships and those games should mean something. And that, um, that to me is, is, uh, I think what you want to see out of this series is you want to see these games matter. And I, I think we're getting to a point again, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's gonna be this weekend. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but I think, uh, these games are going to matter a lot.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that's been frustrating the last decade has been Wisconsin has always been too far below Minnesota to really keep up, you know, the, the talent wasn't there the competitiveness wasn't there and some of the games would just kind of lose their steam, you know, by the third period of Saturday, you know, there just wasn't enough in the matchup to make it compelling a whole weekend. So I think Hastings is going to re-energize that. And, you know, he's got some guys that came with him from Minnesota state Mankato, and, and they want to make their mark. Cause they've probably got some bad memories with the Gophers too. And so I think that could make this weekend really interesting to see how it goes. They did pretty well against the Gophers, though, didn't they? I mean, they, did. All in all. they did, but, you know, it's a bigger stage now. You know, True. Big, Big Ten, there's a little more in it. I'm sure the accommodations are a little nicer for the Badgers now. I'm sure the travel's a little nicer, a little easier. I saw that they came in today to Mariucci, and they were getting their skate in. I didn't get to watch it, though, because they wanted the rink closed at 5 o'clock for the practice. So <laughs> I just saw them playing sewer ball. There may well, been, we we did we have been snipers practice. in practice. Yeah,
0: we got to see practice in Grand Forks, V. So that was kind
1: of nice. Yeah, I got to find out that Connor Kurth doesn't do a game day skate. I was like, oh my gosh, what's he what's he not doing out there? He doesn't do game day skates, I guess. So I was wondering if we could even talk about that.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> All right, here's a question: Is Todd doing his Facebook recaps this year? Um i think i caught your first one todd because i was on there saying welcome back i
2: appreciated that yeah um as uh the timing might be a little bit off but yes for games that i'm at i will i'm planning on doing that um it always feels a little disingenuous if i'm not at a game to do a facebook thing
0: (laughs) that makes sense, yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, planning on that uh for this weekend's games. Uh, it's gonna be a little later. I mean, well, eight o'clock starts are gonna yeah. make them later anyway. But I also have another story to kick out before I can get around to that. So um, yeah, might might
0: be a little little on the late side, but you know, we'll have late night with Todd. Ooh, I like that late night with Todd, Viggs. Minnesota coming off a, a two to one loss at North Dakota. I think they still feel pretty good for the weekend. A uh, revamped Badgers coming into town. What's number one on your priority list this weekend? Is it more penalty kills, a power play? What do you want to see come together?
1: I want to see what line Rhett Pitlick ends up on this oh. weekend and see if he can't make more of an impact on the score sheet. I think he's primed to click right now with the way he's playing and his effort level. I just think it's going to be important for his confidence to get a puck in the net. I think he's one of those players that maybe gets a little too much into deferring on the ice when he's not doing well. Mm-hmm. I think if he can get a little more confidence, that's going to make this lineup deeper. Because when I looked at the go forwards at the start of the year, I'm like, there's probably 10 guys who can have double-digit goals. And rep pitlick's one of those 10. And for this team to, to really get where they want to go, He's a player I think that needs to take a next step. I think he just needs to break the seal, eggs. Maybe. I mean, he's getting lots of scoring chances. Uh-huh. So I, I have to think that they'll come and he'll he'll get in the score sheet, but he's got to make it happen. I, I feel like there's been a couple of players over the years where they kind of get in that funk and it can really damage their whole season. You know, I think Connor Kurth last year kind of got into that mode of of passing and not being aggressive and scoring. There's a year Jackson Nelson had the same kind of thing happen to him. And, you know, it can impact you long-term if you think about it too much.
0: Whereas Lamb's exploding has now equaled his total of all of last season and goals.
1: Yeah, he he looks really good on that first line with Snuggerud and Moore. Of course, they're, I think anybody over, would. but They're still. pretty dangerous. Yeah, I, I, it helps. I, you know, you can put someone there and it doesn't work, and then you got to change it up. But if you put them together and they're productive, they're going to stick together. And Bob said last week that he thinks he'll be juggling lines more this year than he has in the past. Okay. We haven't seen a ton of that. He'll have to obviously juggle them with Mason Evers coming back in. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. And we still think Kester's going to be out. We think so. He looked a lot better today than he did Friday when we saw the pregame yeah, we... skate. I I thought he was still kind of adjusting to you know, the recovery from his injury and all that. He looked fine today. He was doing puck retrievals with uh, Ben Gordon and looking very smooth and, and no ill effects.
0: Now, now, strange question for someone who doesn't know, would he skate with a knee brace
1: in a game? Yep. He would. Okay, so,
0: uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that all
1: works. Yeah. Sometimes, like in football, if your brace is exposed, they'll have to wrap it and things like that. Mm-hmm. But not an issue in hockey.
0: Yeah, it was cool I got to hold his brace uh, after one of those games. I think it was after the Friday game. I'm just going to say it's super light. It's uh, The, the technology is really great, for, for especially for student-athletes.
1: Yeah, but he looks ready to go. So I, I think they're just holding him out a week to maybe be protective of him and just give him some extra time. So when you're playing at home, you can control the matchups a little bit
0: better. You can. Too. You definitely can. All right, Todd, what do you want to see from the Badger side coming into this weekend? Same kind of deal. You want to see more? You want to see some power play coming here?
2: Well, before we get to that, I want to say I think the Pitlick and Brodzinski families have combined to score about 38 goals against the Badgers in their career. So (laughs) that I think something we all need to be uh, cognizant of uh, going in uh, this weekend. But uh, I'm interested to see how Kyle McClellan does uh, in this environment. I don't, I remember it not going very well for him last year. Um, and I i would, I would like to see whether he, whether this is a Kyle McClellan. The, the, what we've seen from him so far this season is the kind of goalie that the Badgers are going to have this season. Because going into the year, my casings wasn't like, overly glowing about anything he was getting out of his goalies in practice at least from what he told us he, you know going into the the first game he had said you know no one's really stepped up to take the number one job well and then mcclellan gets two shutouts the first weekend and he kind of hasn't really said that since then but um it's it, I, I think now we're getting into another level of um you know difficulty here for, mm-hmm. for you know once we jump into the big 10 and you're Playing a number one team on the road in a, a you know an environment that has not been very friendly to you in the past, um, that those are the kind of things that I would uh, I would like to see how that turns out this weekend. And, you know, he's he's only one guy; he can only do so much. But you know, sometimes those you know the 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 lights get pretty bright, and 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 they uh, um,
0: you know. And their new lights too. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, right.
2: Uh thank goodness because uh I think they did they bring those old lights over from the old Mariucci, or um uh,
0: anyway. Um it's a little different, you have to get used to it. I I've heard, yeah. You know. Um,
2: but yeah, that, that that so how how McClellan does is one thing. I I discipline has been a a focus for Hastings, both in terms of they, they took too many penalties the first couple weeks. And also in in um, uh, some blown assignments uh, in the D zone, and so those are those are things that are going to you know blow up on you at Mariucci, uh if you uh, give up too many uh, chances like that. Um, both you know give the Gophers too many power plays and give them too many you know odd man rushes mm-hmm. or anything like that. So we've seen that uh, a lot in the past from you know Wisconsin. F- side has has given up uh quite a few of those and ended up in the back of their net so um that's a couple of the keys i think for them this week
0: another question and this is probably for you Vegs from steve larson what's up with max rude we know he went out on saturday is he back is he skating what's going on
1: yeah he picked up a knock in the first period saturday at grand forks and they they held him out and today was his first day back skating a little bit and Bob was a little hesitant to say much about him other than he's day to day after today's skate as I think they are kind of waiting to see how it go with him on the ice today and then reevaluate it from there. So I don't know if he'll be available this weekend or not. Okay,
0: Let's go out here guys. Predictions. Todd, what is your prediction this weekend?
2: All right. You guys know I'm a numbers guy, right? <laughs> um, I have this, you know, yeah, right. Uh, hard to believe. Um, I looked things up. uh, Badgers playing number one teams. um, Oh, boy. uh, Against teams not named Minnesota, 11, 15, and 3. Against teams named Minnesota, 7, and 6. I am calling split just because I think – Oh, I think this is a, the continuation of of something that's building. I don't, it's not there. It's not going to be there for a while the, the way that they fully want it to be. But I, I feel like they can get in there and, and get something. Maybe it's, maybe it's not even a win. Maybe it's an overtime win or a shootout win or something like mm-hmm. that. It's not a full thing, but I feel like they, you know, what they showed me at North Dakota is that they can keep these games close. They can be right in there with really good teams. Um, and seeing that, you know, the the gap between North Dakota and Minnesota from last weekend, well, at least what I heard, the gap between North Dakota and Minnesota isn't huge. So um, they're going to be in those same kind of games uh, this week. So um, that's, that's, you know, maybe I'm foolishly optimistic from the Wisconsin side there saying they can go into a number one team and get a game, but I, I
1: think it's possible.
0: All right, Vs. I already see motes. Someone better call sweep. <laughs>
1: well, I, I thought last week was maybe something fun, was which team is more likely to sweep? Because I thought North Dakota was the team that was more likely to sweep Minnesota last week than the Gophers sweeping them. And the Gophers actually really impressed me last weekend with how they played. I wasn't sure how they would do in that environment of the rivalry on the road with all the freshmen defensemen. But Sam Renzel is just continuing to get better, and he got a lot better at North Dakota and is more confident, making less mistakes. And when you've got a defenseman like that that can play big minutes and play them that well, it bodes really well for Minnesota. And after seeing that kind of output, I think Minnesota's going to sweep this weekend against Wisconsin because that was the big question mark for me. It was how how quickly does he transition to college hockey being a top-four guy, and he he looks legit. There. And with the depth of the Minnesota forwards, you know, if they do get into penalty trouble and their penalty kill doesn't remain perfect, I think they can outscore their mistakes. And so should be an entertaining weekend. I'm interested to see what kind of systems uh Wisconsin and Mike Hastings will throw at Minnesota. It's hard to tell some of that stuff on TV broadcasts, but you should see it better in person. And I can't wait for it.
0: On this. Well, when Wisconsin came early last year, it said they're going to roll. And I even said they were going to get Mo out of the game. And it actually happened um, a couple times, actually. So I'm going to say Minnesota's going to roll this weekend. A couple two to three point or two to three goal victories in the big sweep. Bringing back positivity. They seem to be doing really well at home against Wisconsin. Let's go.
1: The, the one thing I'll put on this weekend is Minnesota looked really tired on Saturday. and quit, quit quit taking penalties. Well, quit taking penalties, but I also felt like the the build up to the Friday night game and then the win expended a lot of energy. I could even feel it. <laughs> you know, just watching the game. It's like there's so much that goes into that game on Friday. and then once that win came to Minnesota, I didn't see the same kind of intensity the next night and then they mm-hmm. took all the penalties, and they looked frustrated. They looked complacent. They looked like they were giving in a little bit too much, whereas the team last year, I don't think Brock Faber and Jackson Lacombe let that happen. So uh, that'll be something to watch this weekend too. If, if they get the win Friday night, how do they look on Saturday? What's their body language like? How do they play? Do they play Thursday and Friday in, night? Or Thursday I and least. Friday, yeah.
0: Yeah, so there's less, less game, yeah. less rest.
1: So that that'll be interesting to watch from my perspective. All right. Yeah, we'll have to see because
0: you know you, you lose you lose a defenseman early in the game. You're already down one, and then they have to kill a ton of penalties. I can see why they're tired, but you know I kind of noticed that Snugger would seemed tired quite a bit last Saturday as well. It seemed like when he was out there, he was out there kind of long. These, and you've you've been talking about that. <laughs> for years
1: quit staying out there so long yep it was interesting Jimmy Clark spoke to the media today and he really gets it he talked about how when you're playing a depth role on a team your job is to get momentum you need to get pucks deep and you need to get off the ice at the right time so that the line coming on for you can just pick up the pace right there and keep the momentum and I think when you have your star players start to chase offense and stay out there too long, it gets really hard to connect shifts just because, you know, one guy gets more tired than the, his line mates. And then they're just kind of off for a while. So I think, you know, with all the penalties on Saturday Snuggerud when he was on the ice, he's like, all right, I'm going to make this happen. (laughs) So his actual ice time probably wasn't that different. It's just, he was putting it more into single shifts because he was Uh not a penalty killer. So, what are you working on for
0: the newspaper right now, Todd? What's coming out tomorrow? Hopefully. Well,
2: um, tomorrow actually is a, a, a football story for me about. Uh, okay. Well, we'll hear that too. Yeah, it's uh, the first time that the BT era, the NBC Saturday Night crew, is coming to Madison this week. Okay. And so I've talked to, I talked to them this week. Um, a little bit about how you know, night Saturday Night games are still kind of special, even though we've had them for years and. You know, everyone gets up for that. Um, but I am working on something about, uh, you know, when, uh, whenever Wisconsin gets around to downsizing the Kohl Center to uh, uh, closer to NHL size, uh, what can it look like? And I think uh, we're going to get a look at it this weekend. Um, yeah, some of the, uh, the changes you can do. Uh, not easy, not cheap, but you can do it. And um, uh, this is something that has been on Mike Hastings' mind since the day he took over here uh,
0: earlier this year. And And he uh, did it at Mankato Weeks, too. yep.
1: Yep, I think it puts you at a disadvantage when you don't have the NHL style sheet. You know, the transitions back and forth, the speed of the game, special teams, they're all different, as we're seeing with Minnesota.
2: Well, I mean, if you have a team that can play to the Olympic size, and that's your rink, and you can do that on your home rink, you can be incredible at home, but uh-huh. you still have to play half your games on uh-huh. something else. So it... it and, and the and not to, yeah, 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 right. And, and not to say that Wisconsin has really ever been great on the Olympic size. I mean, even going back to when they, when they went to that in the 90s, I don't re- really ever feel like they... You know mm-hmm. yeah you know, absorb that that style ever
0: um, but I believe Minnesota's got a winning record at the Kohl center, don't they? or it's just it's slightly be above close if not yeah yeah. So Minnesota's always done well in the big ice there because it's 97 wide isn't 97. it so, yeah, yeah it, it would be nice if they could fix that because as the fans know, if you're on the sides if you're in the upper deck, a couple rolls in you're not seeing the near boards now it's not going to solve the end problems because it's the same problem on the ends but maybe they could solve some of Tell the you what here, the no, no
2: that that third deck thing is not such a problem anymore
0: because there aren't people <laughs> sitting <laughs> <laughs> You know what yeah that's that's what hastings is there for It is right bring Absolutely. it back folks bring it back Get to, you know, fill the place up. It's how
1: like, how's uh, how's the reaction been to Hastings? I know when he first got hired, he kind of made the rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, how, what's recruiting like for him? Fundraising, ticket sales, all that?
2: He's done a really good job of being, you know, accessible, being out there in the community, doing you know, making himself known, you know, that here's who I am. What's tough for him is that he's not Tony Granado, he's not a Wisconsin alum, he's not a Wisconsin, you know, the third all time scorer in program history doesn't have that background here. Um, so, you know, when Tony came in, everyone knew him, you know, so there was that, that excitement was built in. It's like, here we go. This is going to be back up and running in a few years. And I think a lot of us, you know, believe that, um, and it, it, it just didn't materialize to it for, for a a long-term perspective, uh, to happen that way. Um, I think people are hungry for a winner here and they, you know, uh, what I've written, what a lot of people have said, you know, Hastings wins where he goes. Um, and so that's, I think people have have looked at that and, and, you know, there's been some interest in that, but it's gotta happen. I mean, it's to a point now where, you know, people have been, you know, kind of fooled a few times into believing that, you know, the program is back. Well, it's, it's, it's gotta be back for, for a good amount of time. Uh, and, and, and yeah, you got to prove it over, over, you know, weeks and months and years. So um, the, the fans are it's, it's going to be tough to bring them back now. Um, it's, You know, we saw it, it can happen. It happened in in Minneapolis. That's a different, different crowd, different environment, different, you know, state, uh, you know, in, in terms of where hockey ranks. Um, But um, I think if, if they can start, you know, getting people back and making, making it it, it, an exciting draw uh, something where, you know, I talked to one guy this week, he bought season tickets for two seasons ago. Uh, for the first time, for the Saturday night package, went to seven of the ten games. He said he he thinks he sold three of them. They went zero and seven in the, those games, mm. he and he, needless to say, did not renew his season tickets. <laughs> um, and and it, that's just one of those you know examples of you know this this was a it, it was in a bad place, and it it has to get better. Um, it's not there yet. The, the season ticket numbers are not great. Uh, they're not better. Um, but, um, you know, winning will is the one thing that can cure some of that. And, um, they, that that's where they need to go. I mean, they've, they've tried all sorts of things. Promos, you know, nights, you know, fun nights at the, the call center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're celebrating the 75th season this season. So they've got a few fun things planned that way, but, um, the thing that was really, uh, you know, told me things were in a bad place a couple of years ago is they had a night honoring Bob Johnson and they had 5,000 rally towels to give out or something to give out. Oh no. And they still had a thousand of them or whatever left to give away the next day. And that was like, you know, Bob Johnson, you can't get a crowd out to honor Bob Johnson. It was 20 years after he passed away. I think it was. Um, and that was a, um,
1: that was stuff. a moment
2: for me that said, like, this is this is in
1: real trouble. Yeah. I think Granado was a pretty good coach, but what he never really was able to do was build a roster and a pipeline and yeah. manage it effectively. You know, the only success he really had is when he had Cole Caulfield, who's this is like manna from heaven.
2: Well, and think about that though. The the first year he had Caulfield, Keandre Miller, Turcotte, Holloway, um, you know, all these, and Turcotte's not in the NHL, but the rest of them are. Um, That, and that team finished last in the Big Ten. That was the, like, the ultimate failure. How, how did that happen? It just, I still struggle with that. Like, it's not that the pl- best
0: players, it's the right players, right? And I
2: think that was <laughs> right. That was it. There was too many guys yeah. that thought they were first line players. And, 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 there's one puck to go around right so yep, there's um, w-
1: there's usually two power play groups max and one of them usually gets the start right
2: um and you know you can you can say that you know caulfield turcotte holloway they were all freshmen that year and probably were a little immature um how uh Turcott had injury problems he had concussion issues throughout the year and so that that season never really went well for him um you you were talking before about guys staying on the ice too long. That was Caulfield his first year. He he dialed that back a second year eventually after I think that was kind of coached into him that you don't need to be out there for two and a half minutes. Um, But yeah, that, that was one of those, like, how, how did this go in this direction? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they won the big 10 the next year, but that was, you know, turned out to be the, you know, the ultimate, uh, you know, exception to uh to, to everything else i think and it's tough because uh you know tony granado is a, a extraordinarily good person and i think anyone who knows him well will will tell you that uh i had someone email me that um uh his, his I, I don't know if it was a um, man or woman but their mother uh is you know you know up there in years and and, and took care of some players while Tony was playing here in the eighties and he still visits her now, you know, just because, you know, he's, he's that good of a person. uh, It just, it just didn't work out as, Mm -hmm. as, as a coach here and as a coach at a college level. Um, I'm glad he's, he's, you know, he's doing TV stuff. He's doing Blackhawks TV games on uh, in the studio and he's got NHL network stuff going on. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, what the, the future is there, but I'm glad he's, he's got that stuff
0: going on. Well, welcome back to college hockey. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. We're we're glad to have you back and thank you for coming on the show again. I think you're the record holder of the amount of times you've been on this podcast. So I am now, now you can awesome. keep building it. Oh, you man. and Kappa are still competing. I am, I am caught up a little bit last year. He did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I, I did get the the postseason one. So that was and that, the that, early that, season that, helped, season. that helped
0: your numbers. Yeah, that you did it you for true. your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. like I said, we're we're really great to have you back. Um, you know, that's gonna do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. With, obviously, we thank Todd for coming on the show. <laughs> we'll be back next week at our normal time of nine thirty p.m. And we're gonna have uh, Melissa uh, Marissa Voss. Sorry about that on the show with us, you know, for those of you staying and watching live, we'll have a little bit of overtime coming up next for the rest of you. We'll catch you next week on the GPL podcast.